Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, Matthew chapter 13 from the New King James Version. And here's what it says. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, as the Sea of Galilee. And great multitudes, plural, were gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some uh, fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, but because they had no depth of earth, but when the sun, uh, they immediately sprang up, excuse me, because they had no depth of earth, but when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Boy, when Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, he's saying, listen up now, I'm about to teach you something that's profound. Or I just did. But he's going to explain it in just a moment. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Why don't you just say things straight out and plainly? Why are you giving them a story that illustrates uh, principles or teachings? And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Isn't that interesting? He's saying uh, the mysteries of the kingdom have been given to certain people who have certain hearts to receive them, but it, but they have not been given to everybody. And so he says, to those people who are on the outside, they don't have the heart and the hunger to really know all this. He said, I speak in parables. He goes on to say, for whoever has, to him more will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. I think this has also to do with those ears to hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. People that have ears to hear, receive more insight and revelation. But people that don't have ears to hear, we could say it like this. They're listening. They're in church maybe. They're listening, but they don't really have a heart to learn and understand. They're not hungry. Well, they're not going to receive much. So he who has to him more will be given and he'll have abundance. But if you don't have, even what you have will end up being taken away because you just don't have the heart to receive it anyway. So he goes on to say, verse 13, Therefore I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see. And hearing, they do not hear. So you can hear with these ears, but not hear with your heart. You can see with these eyes, but not see with your heart. Hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing, you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing, you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people, here's the problem. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. And their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, listen, and turn so that I should heal them. See, if they would repent and turn, I would heal them. See, so Jesus right there says, because of the heart problems, I, I can't heal them. And of course, that doesn't only mean physical healing, but it would certainly include it. 
But notice Jesus is pointing out here, I would heal them if they would address these heart problems. Their hearts are dull. They're not hungry for the things of God. And it, and it even says there, their eyes, notice, their eyes, they have closed. Their eyes, they have closed. In other words, they had an opportunity to see and they had a glimpse and they closed their eyes not to see it because they didn't want to see it. And so, so Jesus said, because of that, that's why the healing is not coming to them and it's not given to them to them to see these mysteries because they don't have the heart for it. But he goes on to say, speaking to these people with him, including his disciples, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you uh, desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Oh, wouldn't Isaiah have loved to have walked with Jesus or David? Wouldn't he have loved to walk with Jesus? And Jesus is saying, oh, you guys are able to hear and see things that the Old Testament prophets and righteous people wanted to hear and see. Verse 18, therefore hear the parable of the sower. Now he's going to give some explanation. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, talking about the teaching and preaching of the word of God, and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. So just being in church and hearing, but not understanding, not really cluing in to what's being taught, the wicked one just comes and steals it, and that word does you no good because it was pulled right out of your heart. And notice Satan prioritizes the word. Satan knows I got to get the word out of your heart somehow or keep you from hearing the word because God's word is so powerful, you'll end up realizing you have authority over the devil and that you shouldn't listen to him and it'll take away his ability to control you because of the word of God. So Satan comes and takes it out of your heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside, verse 20. But he who received the seed on stony ground, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, watch this, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So notice if Satan can't just take it out of your heart because you didn't understand it or pay attention to it, notice if you received it, he'll come with persecution and tribulation. But he, he's doing that to get you distracted, to rattle you so that then he can steal the word and it'll come to nothing. And then verse 22, now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So if the devil can't just take it because you don't understand it, if he can't get to it because he brings persecution and tribulation, you just keep hanging on to the word, he'll just sow his own seeds into your ears and eyes and they'll go down into your heart where the Word of God is, and they'll grow up and they'll choke out the Word. And so we have to be careful what our ears hear, what our eyes see, and we have to keep our ears and eyes hearing the Word of God. Verse 23, But he who receives seed on good ground, oh, may this be us, is he who hears the Word and understands it, and who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Another parable he put forth, to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner 
came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and to gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And so notice with this parable of the wheat and the tares, this is not so much talking about an individual and their heart. This is talking about the people of God, and in this case, the Jewish people. So God was planting his word through the covenant of Abraham, through the law of Moses and such, through the prophets, planting his word into the sons of the kingdom or into the the nation of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But then uh, the, the servants, so to speak, are asking, well, then why all these bad apples, so to speak? Why all these people that are not serving God? In fact, many are outright, you know, rebellious and wicked. And he's saying, because I'm not the only one that has sown into them. The enemy has been sowing things into them. And that's why you have some others growing. And so the question is, well, do you want us then to go get rid of all the tares? He said, no, because if you go try to do the judgment right now, you'll end up uh, judging people who will be saved if we just waited. He said, just wait till they all grow up. And at the end, he said, then the reapers will first take out the tares and there'll be judgment and then the rest will receive their reward for being righteous. All right, verse 31. And another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest under its shade. It's like this. He said, the least of all the seeds. He's saying, in fact, say say you need healing in your body and uh, somebody says, man, uh, meditate on these healing scriptures and you're like, no, I don't need healing scriptures. I need healing. Yeah, so it seems the promises of God, the words of God, the seeds of God seem so small and insignificant compared to maybe your diagnosis, but they grow up. See, that's the power. They grow up and become greater. See, so we've got to get the word implanted into our hearts and allow it to grow so that it becomes greater than whatever is attacking us. See, and so anyway, there are more implications to that, but that's, that's a good application right there. Verse 33, another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leaven. Now, often in the Bible, the Bible uses leaven or yeast as a type of sin. And it is a type of sin. The point is that it spreads, and sin does spread. If you let a little rebellion in a family, that rebellion can spread. If you let a little rebellion in a church, that's, that rebellion can spread. But here he's using it in a positive way, saying what God has done is he's come and put his word in certain people's hearts, put his kingdom values in certain people's hearts, and it begins to spread. The ministry of the Lord begins to spread. The kingdom of God begins to spread by God sowing his word into people's hearts. Verse 34, all these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Don't you love that? 
I will utter things that have been kept secret since the foundation of the world. In this day and age, there is revelation coming forth by the Holy Spirit, things that have been mysteries in times past, and God is wanting to reveal those things to us. So have your ears and hearts open to understand these things. Verse 36, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, uh, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, that would be hell, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, here's another parable, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. i got to stop right here because this is so good. You know, I, I used to hear when I was a kid, I'm not saying every preacher that preached on this, but so often this would be applied in this way. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and hid, and for joy over it goes and buys that field. And people would say, this is Jesus. When you find Jesus, you realize it's a treasure, and you sell everything you've got and give your life to Jesus to have that treasure. Well, okay, I think that's an okay application because he certainly is a treasure. There's no doubt about that. But notice, even if we sold everything we have, how can we buy Jesus. We wouldn't have enough to buy Jesus. No. And it doesn't even say that the treasure was bought. It said he bought the whole field where the treasure was found. Well, if Jesus is the treasure, then, uh, then I guess heaven is the field because that's where Jesus is and was in heaven. And uh, well, there's no way we could sell everything we had and buy Jesus or heaven, certainly. No, folks, it wasn't we who bought Jesus. It was him who bought us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, for we were bought with a price. It was Jesus who gave up all of his glory and magnificence of being omnipresent, everything in heaven, to come down to earth, to become one of us, the creator, becoming one of the created, becoming a human being. And what did he do? He gave up everything to come. And he didn't just buy the church. He bought the whole world. He paid the price to purchase salvation of the whole world to make sure he didn't miss any of the treasure. And so he bought the whole world that he might have the treasure. The treasure is the church, the body of Christ, those who would receive him. But he bought the whole field to get us. Isn't that precious? And the next one goes right along with it. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is the kingdom of God. Jesus went and sold all that he had because he believed that we, we, the people of God who would receive him, the church, we were so valuable to him, he sold everything he had to get us. <laughs> Just so precious. Okay, verse 47. 
It goes on to say, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come forth, separate the wicked from the from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire. Notice that's talking about hell. Therefore, or there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he said to them, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasure, things new and old. Every scribe, a scribe is one who would be copying the Bible from one manuscript to the next. And he said he's like a householder bringing out his treasure, things new and old. Well, there's the old covenant and all those promises, and then there's the new covenant and all these promises. Verse 53, now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty words? or excuse me, these mighty works. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? So notice it lists four of Jesus' brothers. Obviously, Jesus is the oldest because his mother was a virgin when uh, he was conceived and when he was birthed, she was still a virgin. Okay, uh, but then afterwards, uh, you know, uh, by the time Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary had already gotten married. Uh, and then after Jesus was born, then she had other children, including some sisters. But here are four brothers. That first one, that oldest one, James, that's the one who wrote the book of James. That's also the one who became the leader of the early church in Jerusalem. So uh, not only did the people of Nazareth know Jesus, but they also knew all of his brothers. So are not his brothers with us, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? They're the sisters. Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at Jesus. And Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. I want you to notice, here's the theme again. The Bible is teaching us he, he didn't do mighty, uh, many mighty works in Nazareth, not because it wasn't his will, but it says very clearly, because of their unbelief. They were offended at him. They weren't receiving him as the anointed son of God. They were receiving him as the guy that grew up with us. We know his family. We know his brothers and sisters, his mom and dad. Who does he think he is? They were offended. They didn't believe. And so guess what? Couldn't receive the mighty healings and works that were done in other cities. And let me tell you, faith is significant. And it's all over the Bible. And it, once you embrace the reality of it and you begin to build your faith and believe the Bible, you begin to see results. Praise God. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. 
Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.